support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Chris Kyle Photography Podcast. did you first begin in photography? Yeah, that's a good question. I've been thinking about it a little bit because I, of course I touched the camera every now and then. I mean, I think most of us did when they were younger, maybe they, you use your parents' camera, you had your own or, but it, to, to take it really seriously, uh, that's, and, and really growing into what I do now, that's, that's pretty much five and a half, six years ago when I switched from, doing videography which was really one of my main outputs back then uh into uh still photography and it was a bit by coincidence actually because my my video camera broke and it was broken for for a while already and i started to get annoyed by the fact that i couldn't really uh, do anything anymore and i really felt like going uh back into working with still photography as well because i i used uh, still f- photo camera for, for stills uh, before, of course. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I went to art school and I graduated in 2010. And there I used the camera every now and then just to document stuff that I did. So I had, a, I had an okay camera, but I just never really used it with the intention to make a photograph as the end result. It was more like um, for registration uh, kind of purposes. So, um, yeah, and it did... Well, so I did a lot of videos and used the camera that way. Then that video camera broke and I had to replace it. So after doing some research, I said, okay, you know what? Because I really want to do still photography as well. I'm going to buy a DSLR so I can do both with the same machine. And I ended up um, mainly taking photographs. And that's uh, it's been my main medium ever since. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I still like to switch it up and do other stuff as well. It's not that I'm, so I never say I'm a photographer. I always say, okay, I'm a visual artist. And at the moment I mainly work with photography. So that's, that's a, it's a bit of a, uh, uh, a, 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 there's a small difference there, I think. So I think it's important to, to, to emphasize that every now and then, because yeah, I use it as a tool to make the imagery that I make, even though they're, straightforward photographs there's no playing around with them afterwards it's just the the photograph is the is the uh is the final outcome um but i am not a photographer per se so there's a there's a difference there okay i mean that's that's incredible a lot of people seem to go from photo to video and you've gone the other way around which is really interesting um who were your first photographic influences well, the very first one is, uh, yeah, well, growing up, we didn't really have any art in the house. Uh, it's not like my parents were completely uh, uninterested in in the arts, but we didn't go to museums. I didn't grow up in a big city with museums or galleries around, so it wasn't a big part of my life. But we did have a book, a photo book from a Dutch uh, street photographer, Ed van der Elsken, um, and uh, it's called Hello, which is Dutch uh, word for hello. Um, pretty obvious. Um, it's a Dutch uh, f- photo book also. I mean, the, it's what's really nice in the in the back of the book. He has uh, all the spreads really small with some comments below it. That's all in Dutch, but it's really nice. You can read really his thought process or just about what he thinks of the photographs. And um, they're just, uh, well... Each page of the uh, the book, so, so you have a left page and a right page. They always uh, have some kind of interaction, like similar subjects, but in completely different parts of the world. Or, um, yeah, and he's playing with that a little bit. Um, and it's just registrations of uh, things that he bumped into while doing doing his travels. He traveled quite a bit, and. Um, yeah, he made this book out of it. And it's completely full of uh, quite funny stuff often. And as a kid, not knowing much about the world, it was already interesting to look through it just from that perspective. I mean, there's photos of punkers in there and of uh, Hell's Angels, but also 
a lot of Asian uh, imagery. So it's like it's opening up a whole new world. So I think that's one of the reasons I was attracted to it already. But I wasn't really allowed to look through the book because there's some nudity in there, even some 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 sex happening. So I wasn't really allowed to look through it. But of course, I, yeah, well, I knew that the book was there and I found it interesting. So every time I had a possibility to grab it, I would take it out of the cupboard and just uh, start going through it. So that's been a yeah, very early influence on what I've always found interesting. And, and he was a uh, street photographer. Most of his more famous work is, is all black and white. Actually, this book is pretty much every photograph is uh, in color. But his uh, black and white work is uh, is quite uh, uh, that's what he's more known for. He also made films, by the way. Um, and okay. even though I make completely different kinds of photographs than he does, but, um, I th- still think there is kind of a similarity in the sense that he, he wasn't a studio photographer, so he was really going out there and and just hoping to find or believing he would find something interesting to take photos of. And um, yeah, that's something that's that's also a part of my process. So I think it's somehow really influenced me. And um, I still really like the book. I Actually, I'm looking at it now. I have it in my hands as we speak. And um, it's the original one that my parents had in their... Uh, in oh, their wow. house they gave it to me so it's really nice to uh, to have it now and of course after that when once i went to art school i of course before that i already uh, had developed an interest in the arts but when i went to art school then you really start to dive in deeper and you, you yeah you find other artists that are maybe more closer to what i'm doing now but uh, back then this was it and then yeah it's uh it's still uh, a treasure to have this book. And uh, yeah, so Ed van der Elsken, uh, it's really worth uh, looking him up. He's an interesting uh, Dutch artist. You, you've described yourself as a visual artist. Um, you obviously have the possibility of uh, an incredible amount of mediums from which you can um, present your work or mediums through which you can work. Why did you choose photography specifically as a medium? <laughs> Yeah, so in a way, it came to me uh, like unexpected because I, well, I opened myself up to it with uh, purchasing a DSLR, which I meant to start using for videos, but then started to do photography with more and more. So in that sense, I adapted to it. It was just uh, kind of coincidental, but of course, once you start rolling into it, you become more aware of what you're actually doing. So I think... If I look back at it now, and also the reason I still do photography so much and I really enjoy it a lot is that because it gives me a possibility to to show the world in a different way, even though it is just the way I register it with this machine, this tool. So mm-hmm. I can, well, I've really arrived at a quite abstract way of photographing, but I'm not changing anything to the world around me to achieve such a photograph. It's really my way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I really like that you can capture something. So, I mean, you can also do that by drawing it or painting it, but I really like the fact that you're just because you have a lens and some light, uh, uh, something that uh, can capture what's, what's coming through that lens, uh, that that's a way to show your way of viewing the world around you. That's something that I find super interesting. And of course, you can also do that with video, which is why I did video for a while, I think. But the nice thing about stills is that there is less context. And I mean, you immediately pull it out of its original context and it becomes something by itself. And of course, you can still give people the possibility to understand what kind of context it came from, but it becomes something else. And yeah, I really like this this way of translating reality into something else. And what that something else is, is still, I mean, that sounds very broad and open and maybe vague. But um, yeah, that's, so I can, for, for a really short, brief moment, I can shape reality just by taking a photograph. And I think that's, that's what attracts me to, to photography so much. Yeah. I mean, you've mentioned um, sort of taking things out of context and seeing the abstract. One thing I cannot even begin to comprehend is how you train your eye to locate abstract compositions. So how did you train your eye to find them? 
that's also something that I think I slowly grew into. By, so when I started out with photographing, um, I already had that street approach, which I also did with my videos. So walking around in search of, with the belief that I would find some interesting scenes to, to capture. Um, but I quickly noticed that uh, the difference between the videos that I took, which were often of people doing things which out of their context were became interesting. Uh, I found it really hard to do this, a similar thing uh, with my photographs. Um, when you, well, at least the way I approached my photography in the beginning was really trying to capture people doing stuff in a in a in, a, in an interesting settings. So w without really knowing that that was street photography, I was doing street photography or at least attempting. But I quickly noticed that photographing people just very directly that doesn't I don't know I can't. It doesn't feel good to me. Uh, I, I okay. feel awkward doing it, and, uh, so I try to f to work around it and do it differently. So th in a, in a quite literal way, sometimes by using reflections, for example. So to right. still have people in my images, but not in a very direct way, and also not photographing them without uh, with, with them immediately seeing me taking the, uh, their photographs. So I was. Well, coming up with new ways of, 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 at least for me, to photograph people, uh, and 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 uh, at the same time also have an interesting composition. And then, of course, when you use reflections, you immediately see that there's an extra layer added to your photographs. So some extra effects are happening. Uh, that don't happen when you're just uh, straightforward photographing someone. And I found that very interesting. So slowly I started to focus more on, on those effects. Uh, so I started to look for for shapes and lines and colors and textures. And, and, uh, and then in the beginning also still like, uh, well, if, if you use the, the Hunter Fisher mentality for uh, street photography, like a fisher waiting for someone to walk into that nicely composed right. frame but it didn't take too long uh, until i started to leave the people out i i i liked it much better when uh, when there was just an interesting composition and that is something that i took further and further and that's really what i'm still doing is just trying to strip everything down take the look try to look at reality without the meaning of the individual objects that you see attached to it. So I really try to reduce uh, the reality that I walk into shapes and lines and colors and textures and yeah, and then find interesting compositions within these elements. So I'm really trying to discard what it actually means. Like I, a tree is not a tree anymore, but it's a, it can be just a straight vertical line. Uh, th yeah, those kinds of ways of looking at it is what I attempt and I'm not only doing that when I'm taking photographs but I'm just when I'm walking around I also do it and that sometimes can be frustrating but you can find something very interesting <laughs> and you can't capture it or I could with my phone but yeah a phone is something else than a uh, the, well the camera that I regularly use I mean it's, I think it's similar as a, uh, as a when someone who, who's a, a painter could also make a quick sketch with a with a pen that he has in his pocket and on a piece of paper, but it's not going to be the same as when he would uh, have his his brushes and a proper canvas and everything. So you can still make a a note for yourself with your phone, maybe. But yeah, if I have the proper tools with me, I can really do what I want to do. So yeah, it can be frustrating sometimes not to have the tools around. On the other end, yeah, you're still training yourself, and sometimes it's good to just let things happen and. Uh, not everything has to be captured, I think. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hope that's uh, that's clarifying it a little bit how I uh, how I do this. Oh, definitely. I mean, one thing that when I look at your work that I, I can't, I think I have an idea, but I th I'd love to hear the actual truth on because I could probably make my own mind up and be completely wrong. Mm -hmm. But when you're out, when you're out photographing, when you're out looking for a new piece of work, is it the light, color, or texture that's the most important element that you're searching for? The light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. It it wasn't in the beginning, I think. In the beginning, but also because in when I started this, I didn't really know what the what the elements were even. So I really have to, and I still do that. I look back at what I've done. So what what what's in my catalog? What uh, a year ago, two years ago, and what what stands out and why? And 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 then try to reverse engineer what I've what I've done. Uh, and of course, you cannot always completely do that, but. Um, so yeah, I think if I look at what I've been interested in the the past, what is it? Two years, three years now, then light is definitely the most important ingredient. And Mm -hmm. it's, it can be annoying because light changes so fast all the time. So sometimes even when you see something and it also depends on what kind of light you're working with, but especially, well, I'm in the Netherlands now, but I, tend to travel quite a bit with a, uh, a camper van. So I go to the south of Europe often, like Spain, Portugal, sometimes Italy. And there's uh, more sunny days. Um, so you have less cloudy days without uh, having the light change all the time. But if uh, I'm here in the Netherlands, the, well, it's quite cloudy also today. So the light changes all the time. So sometimes you find something and once you're ready to take your photograph, the light changes and it, well, maybe... 10 minutes later, light will be back, but it's not going to be the same anymore. So you have to adjust. And in my case, it often also means, okay, this is not happening. So I'm just walking on. I'm just going. I I try to be more patient sometimes. And I've had to be more patient uh, recently because, yeah, well, we were traveling when the whole uh, uh, Corona crisis started and we decided, okay, we have to go back to the Netherlands. And um, so we had to stay uh, inside all of a sudden again. And I'm so used to walking around with a camera and just, well, in a way, chasing the light, just going after it and and, and really walking around without an actual plan in my head. And uh, yeah, just taking new photographs, finding situations I can take photos of. And all of a sudden, I had to stick to one location, and that's something I'm not used to. I wasn't used to. I'm a bit more used to now, and and I really started to look different at light, also because I knew every day the light is going to return pretty much similar uh, the next day and the same time, even though that changes over the months as well, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I started to understand light in that sense more. It, uh, possibility to go back to the same location on a daily basis and do do things with uh, situations that were created by the lights at that uh, moment of the day. So that was interesting, actually. That's something I've never really did before. If I, Usually when I travel, I, I'm just walking around in a, in a city for one or two days and then well, depending on what's uh, what's happening, but most of the time I just move on to the next. And it's not big cities; so often it's smaller towns. I'm not going for the. Well, of course, a big city can be very nice and interesting, and you're a bit more anonymous, which can be nice if you're walking around with a camera with a big lens and and making weird movements to capture <laughs> <laughs> interesting compositions. But uh, I go to a lot of small smaller towns too, so it's not. I don't have to need to go to big cities. It's more. Um, yeah, to just end up somewhere where there's the right conditions of what I'm interested in at that moment. And I can only know what I'm interested in by seeing it and by looking back at what I've been photographing over the past weeks, months, years. Uh, I am better at noticing it when I'm at the, well, at the place where I am at that moment. So... Yeah, that's a really long answer, but uh, I try to. <laughs> what I try to say is that the light is really, absolutely the most important. But yeah, it doesn't function without the other two elements. Uh, yeah, yeah. You said color and and texture, right? I mean, I yeah. really. Even though, it, what often happens is uh, photographs turn out almost black and white, but depending on how the light is, even though it was. I mean, I never take black and white photographs, but. Sometimes they look almost monochrome just because of how the light works at that moment. And if the textured uh, background elements aren't very colorful either, then yeah, then color becomes less important. So maybe color is even on the uh, on the bottom of the list of those ah, three. Okay. Yeah, even though I like it when it's very colorful, but 
that just doesn't always work that way. Even though your eyes can see the color, but the, the way you, you take the photograph sometimes, that really messes with how the colors come out. So, Well, I think you bring up an excellent point in the sense that like, you've now been restricted in terms of your movement. And sometimes I, I actually think the restrictions can help you grow quite a bit as a photographer because you, you have to kind of work out something within a very small boundary sometimes having limitless options actually makes it quite hard to focus yourself as an artist one thing i do want to get your opinion on is what separates a great abstract image from just a good abstract image yeah that's a good one well what for me and of course there's not just one answer to this question even for me but i think one of the things that i find really interesting about abstract photography the way I do it. And also when I see other people's abstract photo photographs of, of reality, of course, I mean, you can also work in the studio and set up uh, something and it becomes abstract just because it's not figurative to begin with what you're uh, photographing. Um, but what I really like is that it's not the photograph of the reality that you take and, and when it becomes abstract, that it's not just a photograph that is uh, at first glance not very recognizable uh, registration of the reality that we're in, but it, mm -hmm. it also transforms it, that it becomes something else, that it can... Uh, like what I really like about uh, a lot of the stuff that I've been photographing lately is how your perception works when it comes to foreground or background. So if you have this, I don't know if if you know what I mean with a Necker cube. It's like this line drawing of a, of a cube, where you cannot tell what is the yes, foreground yeah. or what is the background. I love yeah. it when that happens. I really like that, and I like how you can play with perception uh, with images, and especially if it's possible with photography. So we're leaving out certain parts of the situation just by the way you're you're framing your composition or by letting something in. I really like that. So for me, that's what uh, what makes a abstract photograph more interesting is when something like that, like an, that's really an added layer, when it can, it really asks, it demands you as a viewer to rethink about what you're looking at. Uh, so it's not just a bunch of colors in a nice composition, even though that can also absolutely also be a very interesting and good abstract photograph. But yeah, for me, when there's just that extra layer, I really like that because then it doesn't just involve um, the, the, the viewing uh, uh, experience, but it also starts to uh, play with how your brain perceives reality. And, and I right. think that's an interesting uh, thing that art can do anyway, any art is to shake your foundation a little bit and start to question uh, your very uh, fundamental beliefs or not even beliefs. They are just the things that you accept as this is how the world functions. And if all of a sudden that starts to shake a little bit, I like that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't always have to work that way, but yeah, that's for me something that I aim for to have in my photographs. Well, it definitely goes into quite a philosophical um, alleyway because it turns into, you know, you could have small interpretations of the same scene and all of them would be telling the truth, but would all contradict huh. each other in the sense that they would play against each other. One one person could photograph a scene and focus really tightly on one element and you could photograph it and focus on a different element. And they're both true representations of what's there, but they also don't mix together, which is kind of a really fascinating part of abstract photography, I think. If if you don't mind me asking, what is it that what emotional reaction do you want to to um, your or your audience to experience? What's the emotional reaction that you're looking for from people that experience your work? Well, what I've always liked when when it happens is, and I think it's also or, or already a little bit in my previous answer is when people have to reconsider what they are seeing and and. Right. What I've done a couple of times, and it also brings back our uh, uh, little conversation about um, restrictions uh, a bit. I've I've done a few projects where I I gave myself a one week in in a one uh, kilometer or a one mile radius, depending on the on the project, 
And that's where I had the photograph for that amount of time. And that was for me to focus on something new. To try, I mean, if you are photographing in the same area for such a short amount of time, or which is actually quite long uh, if it's a whole week, uh, you start to approach it differently and you have to push yourself to uh, get to interesting photos. Because what I did was I had an exhibition afterwards. So after that week, I immediately would uh, exhibit the results. So I had to come up with some good photographs and something, and especially photographs that I was happy with that, and also happy to share with the rest of the world. So I had to really push myself to get something new out of the situation that I, after five days, for example, you already know pretty much the whole area we have been photographing. So if you really push yourself, but what was really nice about these, these uh, projects was that the people that would visit the exhibition afterwards uh, were often uh, uh, also people that are from the same uh, area. Uh, so yeah, during this, this one week photographing, um, uh, I would really push myself to find still interesting and, and new things in the same situation. And, uh, and, and because I was showing the results afterwards, I would all, of course also invite people that I met along the way. So people from the area where I was photographing and I would to keep track of where I took each photograph. So I put the street name under the, the print, printed photographs that were hanging in the exhibition. And then you had the whole conversations with people that really didn't understand how that could be the, in the street that they are living in. They, they never saw it that way. And yeah. I think that's something that's very interesting where that can happen when, when you can... Well, also for me as a, as, as a maker, I can already surprise myself sometimes that with, with, with the obvious can become something quite spectacular. And I think that's a very interesting thing if that can happen. And I like it when that also comes through to the viewer. So when, when they have like a kind, just a little change in the way they see uh, their reality or, or know that you can see reality in a different way, on, on, and this is on a quite physical level, of course. I mean, you can also have a very emotional change of how you see your uh, 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 your daily surroundings. And of course, that's that's a, that's not going to happen with my photography. But maybe it does give people uh, the, uh, the, the well. Maybe they they start to think about their uh, their daily surroundings in a different way. And maybe they start yeah. to then understand also, like, hey, I can actually change how I perceive my, well, just my daily life differently just by changing my perspective. And I think that's, I I really hope, of course, that something like that comes true. And I think most of the time it doesn't. And I'm already happy if someone is just interesting, uh, interested in, in, in seeing how I photographed. Well, if you don't mind me jumping in, if you don't sure. mind me jumping in really quickly, you like to surprise yourself. You said sometimes, uh, how yeah. much pl- how much planning are you doing before you head out? Uh, I suppose, uh, like, are you going out with a pre-visualized idea? Do you scout before you go out and shoot, or is it the case that you go out and just let you, you know what you see talk to you? Yeah, my planning really involves making sure my battery is full and my camera is clean, the, the <laughs> lens is clean. <laughs> and that's pretty much okay. it. Just uh, I bring some food and some water and uh, and that's it. It's really, it's very open. I, and th- that's that's part of what I really like about it. So the process is very important, actually. I, I really think the outcome is also very important because, uh, yeah, of course, that's what I'm going for in the end, to have some interesting photographs. But finding them, that's where the fun is. I think that even though there's a lot of fun afterwards, but just walking around and then knowing, because that's also a thing. I, by now I know there will be something that they, that's going to be interesting. And I don't know what it's mm. going to be, what it's going to look like, if it's going to be very close up or if it's a quite wide shot. I don't know these kinds of things. But that also involves me having to look for it and, and having to keep my eyes open like literally and my mind open also just to to different things and so i'm also letting in other uh interests sometimes i come back with so not all the photographs i take are are really super abstract sometimes there's a few things that just stand out that i find interesting i have a bunch of photographs at the moment just waiting for a project where i can use them 
and it's I know there's not enough yet. At least I always want more than 20 photographs of something that I find interesting uh, that are good mm. enough to show together and also to be able to, like if I only have three, I find it really hard to, I want to make sure that I've got a grasp on, on this new interest before I show right. it. So it's, it's not just a lucky shot. It's not a coincidence, but it's really uh, very deliberate and intentional uh, that I've done this. So, well, I have, Got a, f- a bunch of photographs lying now. Or not lying. It's just there are still bits on my hard drive, but uh, they're waiting for me to to start using them for for some kind of project. I don't know what it's going to be. So I also stay open for other things, and these are not super uh, abstract photographs. They're quite uh, figurative, but uh, of these yeah these typical things that you sometimes find how how people solved things in their uh, daily surroundings or just how things grew over time, uh, how plants sometimes take over man-made uh, objects. Uh, th- but that's still, yeah, it's, I mean, hearing myself saying it, it's also, it's still too vague. So that's not there yet. But I keep myself open to these new things. So the discovery can also be something new sometimes. And uh, maybe in a year or maybe in two years, this this will be something that I can really say, okay, this is it. This is what it's about. I can write a little text about it and it's going to be a project of its own. Uh, but when I go out, my main focus is on what I'm of what I've been working with for the past months. And that slowly changes, of course. If I look back at what I've been doing, and I can look back quite quick, quite easily because I do a uh, quarterly magazine, So I and that's usually with quite recent photographs. So I can quite easily see how my process is going in that sense. So, um, uh, yeah, I... Um, so yeah, when I walk around, I, I, I really try to find something, uh, and I know there's going to be something that I find interesting and that it's going to be a good photograph, even if it's never going to be seen by anyone else, but me, but just because it's going to be part of the process that I want to be in. And I'm not sure where the end of that process is. I'm not sure if I want there to be an end goal. I just know that I want to be better at finding these situations where I can take these photographs that I do and uh, understand even better how I do it. Because that's a weird thing. Eh? You can do it, but you, uh, but you don't know how you do it yet. Yeah. I know by yeah. now pretty much how I do it, but th- there's still a lot of things that I have to understand about how I do it. That's something I've seen with people that that teach when they do something for a living and then they teach it. They Mm -hmm. sort of, because they start to talk about it, they start to say it out loud and they start to think about it from an external point of view. They start to actually learn about what they were thinking when they were doing something because at the time they weren't monitoring themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And somehow you do already have the skills or at least the possibility to do it. Yeah. But you haven't got a grasp on it. Like, uh, I don't know. I think that's how everything in life works, right? I mean, if you learn how to walk, you don't really know how to walk or what it means to walk, but you, your body can do it. And then after a yeah. while, I mean, then you can become a super athlete if you have the right genes and the right possibilities to train it. And you can jump two meter high or whatever, like the weird stuff that you would never think possible. But just because you focus on it and you start to understand what you're doing, how it works. So that's maybe what I try to do on a visual level with, and and right now it's with photography, but I can totally see that change again. It's, it's, but it could also be that it just, uh, I mean, I think I will always be taking photographs, but I can totally see myself focusing on a different medium at some point again. It's already happening a little bit now that I have been taking photographs inside for a quite long time. I've, I've, I'm not bored with it. It's just not giving me something new at the moment. So I've picked up on right. an on an older uh, uh, love of mine, so to say, which is uh, collage. But then with the way of 
well, with the, the way I'm looking at the world to take the photographs that I make now is also the way I'm trying to do collages at the moment. So it's really about shapes and color and texture again. But now I'm creating with my hands instead of registrating with a camera. So there's definitely an overlap there. And I think these, this is nothing yet, these collages. But it, again, there, you just have to keep doing it. So you slowly become better at it and start understanding why you do what you do, what you like about it, and how to get to the result that you would like to get to. So, um, yeah, that's why I like walking around without a plan when I take photographs, just going <laughs> and, uh, and, and knowing I will bump into something that will surprise me. And sometimes it's a surprise just because I'm surprised that, wow, that this is possible just to see how light interacts with the various elements that are in front of me and around me, of course. Um, and that, but sometimes it's also uh, surprising myself with the fact that I can capture things in a certain way. The first time I took what in my eyes was one of, one of my first successful abstract or abstract-ish photographs was by using a reflection um, but there were such strong shapes with the, with very defined colors. So it was very well organized just because it was already like that around me. But there were so mm. many layers coming together and there was a nice dusty layer on the glass. So it became a bit painterly and all these things happened. So that was a surprise and the fact that I could do that in the camera just by taking a photograph. And of course, by knowing how to use the camera to photograph it right, uh, I surprise myself on that level so it's also different kinds of surprises and sometimes uh, yeah the surprise is not always as big it cannot always be a big party of course but uh, you just mentioned um sort of that painterly um quality to the work something mm -hmm. i have seen a few people comment on your work and a couple of other abstract artists that i follow uh, is that the the photography looks like a painting yeah. Um, or it gets mistaken for a painting. Mm -hmm. If your work mm -hmm. got mistaken for a for painting, would that frustrate you, or is do you see that as a compliment? Oh, I like that. I like it. I play with it a little bit. I'm not adding anything to the photographs to get to that point, or I'm, I'm not doing anything on that level. But when I print my photographs, I really prefer to have them printed on uh, quite textured matte paper. So mm -hmm. when they are framed and hanging on the wall, people often think they are paintings just because they don't look like photograph. Uh, people tend to think that a photograph has to be on glossy paper for some reason. Right. I really don't like that. Uh, well, at least with the photography I'm doing now, it just doesn't work. It, uh, it's, it's such a, uh, a contrast with the, with the content of the photograph. So the material really, for me, it has to flow into the, the, the like the two have to mix, so, so to say. And that really works well if I use this nice matte paper. Uh, and yeah, then it really starts to look like a, a painting. And especially if you have a, an audience on a fair or on a, like I, I do this biannual event, event in, the, in the town where I grew up, where a lot of people also come just because they know people that are taking part in it. It's like, it's, it's not a super small town, but it's, it's not very big either. So most people know a lot of the people that take part in this, uh, this local event. So they come mainly because they know some of the people, not so much because they are interested in arts per se. So when they see my work, they often say, hey, that's, those are interesting paintings or uh, <laughs> like that, that's literally what they say, they, what they come up with or what kind of paint this is made with. And I like that also because it's a starting point for a conversation. And then, because I don't, I mean, it's really nice if a photograph can just sit or stand or hang by itself and, and mm. just uh, people can be one-on-one -on -one with, with it and that's it. But I also really like it when there is a possibility to have an uh, interaction. I mean, that even happens on social media, of course, although a yeah. lot of interaction is, is, is very, uh, uh, like it's only a few sentences or it's very superficial, which can also be nice, I think. But... Uh, when you have an actual conversation with someone, you can really, sometimes you can change people's um, mind li just a little bit. I mean, just about the, their meaning about that uh, 
piece of art that they're looking at. Yeah. And of course, I'm not talking about my own work, but can also be other people's art that you have a conversation about when you're looking at it together. And I think that's nice. Uh, so, no, I don't mind uh, when people mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake in a, in, a, in a very literal sense. But I think it's also, it's just another take it's just a different take yeah. on what they see it's not the, not so much a mistake even though that's the word you would use to describe what's happening but it's uh, it's nice when that happens because it gives you an opportunity to uh take someone by the hand and, and walk them through what they're looking at and i think it's uh, again i think that's one of the nice things about art that they can change your way of looking at uh, how the world around us is is made and for me that's again on a very visual level but i think a lot of art also can really help people see just how we've organized the world around us in a different way and maybe question it and maybe change a little bit about their own behavior or try to change how we interact with each other and i think that's nice about it so yeah, these mistakes are, are the good ones. This, those are the nice kinds of mistakes. It, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm not I'm not on thin ice with the very controversial stuff. Like I'm never gonna. Uh, no, nobody's gonna call my work racist or uh, xenophobic because that's just well. Well, people <laughs> it would be interesting if someone did that, but I would be surprised if that happened. So, in my sense, it's also it's not very dangerous. If people yeah. mistake my work, if you yeah. do have these controversial uh, elements in your work, people, I mean, any artist who does that also does it very deliberately, I think, to yeah. evoke oh, yeah. reaction and, and have a possibility to have a conversation. So I think it's always a good thing when the viewer has a different idea about what they're looking at than the, uh, than the maker had. And when there can be a conversation, that's a good thing. I mean, you started off by mentioning printing and um, with the sort of proliferation of the internet, do you think that the photographic world has lost its appreciation for uh, for the art of printing? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Uh, it's of course gotten different because it's so much easier to share photographs on a screen. It's cheaper, uh, but... On the other hand, I, th I mean, of course, there's less print these days. It's with every uh, print medium, I think, at the moment, like books, newspapers, with, without the arts in, uh, included also. I mean, anything printed has become uh, smaller or not less important yeah. in that sense. But I think there's still a big appreciation for printed photography, although it's different, especially on a on a... Uh, like uh, uh, was it like on a family level? I think there's definitely less because it's just uh, people don't print a lot of the photographs anymore, which is also okay in a way. I think because you don't. How often did you really look at the photo books that you have? On the other hand, yeah, yeah. it's also very nice if in 30 years you st can still pick up a photo book from now or from 10 years ago and have all these memories there presented. I mean, you're never gonna go on a hard drive or never, but it's not, the chances are much smaller to do that than with the photograph books that is, is just physically is somewhere. So I think the physicality of a photograph that is printed um, gives a different meaning and different possibility for the photograph to function. Uh, just because it is, it's now become part of physical world and it can have a different life. And, for me personally, I uh, for me it has only grown in uh, in, in value just because uh, well, like I said, I do a magazine, a matcha rock every well, I say four times per year, not every three months because I'm not very strict with my own deadlines. Um, I mean, quality first and then deadline second. <laughs> That's a bit how I uh, yeah. uh, think about it. But uh, it's pretty much so. It's four times per year, so it's I put some pressure on myself to make sure that I have a, a, enough good photographs that, that are within a certain theme, certain research to make them into a magazine. Um, and for me, that is a very important way of taking, it's, it's, a, it's a, it functions as a filter in a way. Like I look at what I've got and then I make a selection 
And you can do that on your computer as well. You could also do it and, and say, okay, I have a website and every three months I put 24 photographs in a new uh, folder or yeah, as a, and present them as a series on my website. That's also a way to publish. So it's in a sense, so that's about publishing. So it's not necessarily about printing, but for me, the printing part is very important because it can be appreciated in a different way. So, and it, and it's, uh, a, a, a photographic magazine the way I do them or if you make a photo book it's, it, it has a different value than a f photograph on a screen how often are you going to go back to a website or someone's Instagram feed to look at it again and again and again but when you have a yeah. book or a magazine you will take it again maybe not every day but maybe in, in a year or two you take it out of the cupboard again and you just start going through it so it so it works different there and also in exhibition wise is similar I mean you could easily have just screens hanging on the wall and just have photographs on a screen yeah. but it's it's yeah it's, it's not tactile in the same way as when you have a printed photograph so there's just a different way of presenting it so i definitely think that people have started to appreciate printing differently just because it is so much easier to use a screen to share uh, your photographs mm. but i don't think it has become less valuable to print it's actually well technically it's become more expensive maybe i'm not sure because it's been done less but yeah. that's a whole different discussion of course that's not really the kind of value i'm talking about but yeah for me printed is a different way of sharing and it also you reach a different audience when you have printed matter um I mean, you can, uh, with Instagram or with a website, you have to pe point people towards that or have to, yeah, you have to have different ways to get people to become part of your audience. We mm. have printed works. Um, I can share them in a different way. What I did before, yeah, I think it was before I did my first magazine, I made a little thing called addendum. So it's like technically that's the term for something that is added to printed work after they, uh, well, they did it with the uh, encyclopedia, for example. Uh, when when new uh, information came to light just after printing, they would put an addendum in the encyclopedia and, and yeah. uh, would, would define it in a better way or would add information. So I thought, okay, if I make a small magazine, so it was a six-sized, I still do them actually. I have a second one now and I think the third one will be released somewhere next year. Um, I, uh, yeah, I made a small print, print magazine kind of thing, and I called it Addendum. I didn't put my name on it very large. I mean, my name was there, but it was more like it had to look like it was something that was made by someone else, someone who was uh, publishing this thing about my work. And I would add them to books in bookstores that I thought would would be of similar kind of uh, audience would be interested in in my work and the books that I would put my my own works into so it's like kind of a, a parasitic way of uh, of working with the, with other artists uh, uh, books and that's just because that way I could reach a new audience without using internet or other means of digital uh, communication yeah and and of course the, in reality it didn't work as well as I thought it up because often books are shrink wrapped in the in the store so it's really hard to <laughs> put right. put these things in but of course you can also use these in in a different way so i often when i'm on the streets i always when i'm taking photographs i always have a few with me when people are asking what i'm doing because yeah there's a good reason to ask what i'm doing sometimes uh, it's a really practical way to quickly uh, show someone what i'm actually doing it's like it's it's a uh, yeah all of a sudden it's legitimate that i'm doing these things on the street instead of uh, being a weirdo with a camera just doing strange things <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a good thing about it. and and it's just when i have an exhibition i have a few lying there or when someone orders a magazine i always send one with it uh, and what i sometimes do now is just because often in uh, exhibition spaces or museums or galleries you have a table full of flyers and, and uh, little booklets of, of things that are happening in the same area. I'll just drop uh, like 10, uh, yeah, like a stack of 10 of them or something, just in hopes that someone will find it. And uh, 
it's not even, I mean, it's always nice if someone then contacts me or whatever, but it's not really the goal. It's just also nice that you share what you do. And yeah, every now and then someone might be uh, touched or inspired, not just with my stuff, but with just anything that you might bump into. It's just nice if, if you can, uh, yeah, if you can touch someone else's life just a little bit for a brief moment it's always a nice so i'm just trying to do a small kind of butterfly effect thing with these i think and uh yeah it's uh that's an uh, that's probably one of the first things i did with my uh, printed uh, uh photographs what do you you mentioned exhibiting your work what is it that you most enjoy about doing that what is it that it does for you that you enjoy so much yeah, there's also a different levels. There is ways to it, and things to like about it. One thing I really like about it is the whole preparation, just to think about what are you going to show, how are you going to show it, what kind of space is it, how what's hanging next to each other, and and what size, what kind of materials. Even though the materials, I'm pretty straightforward about now. I just have one way of printing with these things. So that's one thing that I really like about it. And then also to think about what are these photographs altogether what 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 is that communicating there's not really a story that i'm telling because it's all non-figurative uh work but there is of course something that it uh, evokes uh, if you have very dark uh, photographs and of course it it it's at least at first glance it will probably give a quite somber kind of not very happy kind of uh, uh, atmosphere and if you have very brightly colored uh, photographs altogether that will give a very friendly atmosphere even though yeah. it may not be if you start to take a, an actual look it may be completely the opposite of course but to think about those things that's something I really enjoy I think about uh, quite a lot even though at the moment I'm, well I have an exhibition planned by the end of the year in Austria but I'm not sure how that's going to work out because everything is different now with the, the amount of people that can visit and everything. Yeah. But I, I really like about thinking about how I can present everything together. So that's one on one level that I, uh, I like a lot about it. But then when, when the actual exhibition is there and, and well, that's also with on the level where I usually exhibit. So the galleries and art spaces that I work with, I think 85 to 90% of the visitors comes when the opening is happening. And what I, I always really like it when the opening or maybe an opening weekend or like a few times when you're there as the artist, when you have a possibility to just have a chat with the, with whoever is coming to see your work. And sometimes there are people that have been looking at art their whole life and they know exactly what they are looking at without having ever seen your work or your name before. And sometimes it's people who, well, are maybe young people still thinking about maybe doing something with arts and they can have a conversation about that. So it's a starting point for a conversation about maybe art, maybe life, maybe something completely different that you figure out while you're talking that you're also interested in, both of you. And so just the human interaction, I really like that about uh, uh, exhibiting it. So yeah, it's also, that's a way of publishing it and, and having a very direct uh, uh, possibility to, to, to have a, a conversation with the, with the people that see your work. With my magazine, it's not like that. I send it out. Of course, sometimes I get the emails back from people who've who've, who've purchased a, a magazine, or and they, uh, yeah, they just. Uh, well, I just had a very nice message from someone on Instagram who'd been. Uh, so when when this whole uh, Corona crisis started, I started a, using a hashtag on Instagram, "Seen from Home." And a lot of people also started doing that, which was really nice to see. People started just look at where they were, uh, yeah, where they are staying for that period of time in a different way and trying to photograph it. And uh, yeah, that became a thing for a lot of people to to do, to take photographs of their daily surroundings, which was usually their house, and uh, surprise themselves also by finding new things. And, and I've really seen interesting things happening there where people really developed a new style or found a new interesting subject that they kept photographing. If you look back in their feed, what they did before and what they started to do after that was really nice. And so I, the latest edition of my magazine, I, I, I focused on this period with the photographs that I took at house, uh, at the house. And, um, 
so and then yeah i sent those out to people who ordered one and i got a really nice message from someone who was so happy that this whole thing happened and how she dealt with the whole situation while also um, uh, uh, graduating and and having to take care of her kids and and all these kinds of things so it becomes much more than just art it becomes more about uh yeah meeting people and uh and uh, um, exchanging uh, views on how life is and how, how the world is and can be and uh, yeah if that's something you can do by exhibiting your work so it's so in that sense exhibiting can also be one of the the magazines that I do is is a kind of exhibition in a way it's just not in the same space everybody has a different space where they view it but it's still uh, I, I, I approach it with a similar uh uh, uh, mindset where I, I look at well, how do these photographs work when I have them in, in this order because you sequence them of course and that's also what you do in a, in a space even though people can I mean that's the same with a book you can also just go through it in a different way than and not from the front to the back but differently and then and you do the same in a space you can walk around it differently but you have an intention and you do all you can to make sure that people uh, yeah uh, get get something of that intention as well and experience it mm-hmm. in the way that you you try to to do to to get them to to experience it i mean you've mentioned about the kind of restrictions of movement a few times um when you are allowed to travel when we are all allowed to actually leave our homes again mm-hmm. what, when you're in a new place how important is it for you as a photographer to experience the place as much as it is to just photograph it yeah, I think it's also experiencing on different levels. On on one hand, I'm experiencing it from a photographer's point of view, uh, as an artist looking for compositions and 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 all the elements that I need to to get to the photographs that I'm taking. But I'm also trying to experience it just from as from a human point of view. So I'm meeting people, and which has nothing to do with my photographs at that point. It's just. Well, there's other people traveling as well. So, especially with a camper van, you can pretty much stay anywhere. And then, of course, other people find this similar spot. So you meet and then you have interesting interaction with other people or it's, or you come to a place and, uh, and people live in there. And you have, yeah, it's always about conversations, I think, and and or and, and seeing how people are dealing with traditions and how their culture is shaped and... I really like that. So that's also what I take a lot of time for. So although I really think one of the main reasons that I travel so much is is to do my photography, it's also that is also part of it, the meeting people and and getting to know a place in that sense. So it's not only on a photographic level that I try to get to know the space uh, and the place, the location, but it's really, I try to make it more like everything. And of course, it is pretty much like that. My whole life is where I am at that moment. I mean, there's still stuff happening back in the Netherlands when I'm in Spain. And it might be on my mind, but I try to strip away most of those things so I can be there just uh, as open as possible. And uh, yeah, just trying to be open, I think that's a very important part of how I want to be as an artist. So also, also... as a, uh, well, uh, how I look towards which medium I use or even what my subject is, but also in life just to remain open. Even though I may not always be as open as I would like to be, I try to open myself up so I can experience as much as possible before this whole thing is over and uh, <laughs> this is it. Yeah. So uh, I'm quite aware of the fact that this is it. I mean, that's that's how I see how life is it's just this is it and uh, i try to take out of it as much as possible without hurting anyone and just uh yeah making the best of it and and, and uh, building memories and and well luckily together with my wife she's she's really happy to to do this together and i'm really happy that she's doing this together with me so we're really doing this together so we have this common experience even though i'm when i'm taking my photographs i'm often out by myself but we're really doing it together and it's a hopefully we get all together so we have all these memories to share again and otherwise i have a lot of memories that i can still dive into (laughs) when i'm older yeah 
I'm, I'm in the same position. I've got a wife that's incredibly supportive and, um, and she's, she travels with me when I do, um, yeah. photographing abroad and stuff. So it's such an amazing feeling. Um, You've mentioned your magazine a few times. I want to make sure that people know uh, what it is and where they can find it. So if you could just elaborate on your magazine a little bit. Yeah, so I started doing that. Uh, f- well, I'm in my fifth year now. So edition 20 is coming out by the end of the year. I uh, I started doing this magazine five years ago, five and a half years ago. It's an A5 sized uh, full color magazine, uh, which is called March and Rock. And um, yeah, every three months ish, I have a new edition with. Um, it's not always a very specific theme, but it's. I hope always it shows that it shows a uh, a new direction that I'm trying to. Uh, well, that I'm. Uh, that I am exploring as a photographer, as an artist, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really become a very important driver behind. Uh, how I work it's uh, it forces me to always look back at okay what am I doing where is this going is this good enough is this already a clear coherent whole or is it still going in all kinds of directions and um, yeah I sell them on my website um, so they are, they are at the moment of recording they are 12 euros including uh, shipping so it's uh, quite Affordable, I, I would say, uh, and uh, you can get them on my website, martyrgods.nl or martyrrock.com also gets you there. It's just a shortcut. And um, yeah, it's just um, something that I've really enjoyed doing for the past five years. It's it's really uh, an important thing that's always on the background, uh, even though it's it, it takes in a very important. Uh, play so it, it's not always on the background but it's always there it's always something that is on my mind when i'm looking at what i've been doing hey could this already be a subject for a new march and rock or is it uh, does it need some more time does it have to marinate a little bit longer before i can push it out there and uh yeah 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 and um obviously instagram has become the center of the universe for everybody it seems um <laughs> where's the best place people can find your work specifically where would you like them to initially find your work would it be your instagram or would it be your website oh that's a good one i've i've been thinking about it a little bit actually because what i do with my website i i, I really only upload a series maybe twice a year because if I but but on Instagram it's much more open. You you put out one single image, and of course they can be part of a series, and you can put them all out, and even in one post maybe. But um, so if you want to see what I'm up to lately, uh, then Instagram would work more easily because it's just yeah I post something a few times a week, and most of the time it's new stuff. Uh, and my website just takes a little bit longer sometimes. Um, although that's where I publish my magazine. So that's, uh, I think both are equally, uh, important by now, which is weird because the nice thing about having a website is that you're in full control. I can, well, nothing will change unless I change it. Or if I stop paying for my website, it will just disappear. <laughs> but uh, uh, but Instagram, yeah, they can just change uh, stuff to their yeah. algorithm or to what they allow. And then all of a sudden it might be gone or whatever. So yeah. that's a bit of a weird thing about Instagram. I really like the possibilities it's given us, uh, well, pretty much anyone. But so uh, on a very practical level, I would say my website is the best place to go just because I will always make sure that it has to show what I want you to see. But Instagram Mm -hmm. is nice if you want something in your Instagram feed, because like you say, it's become the center of the world universe for pretty much anyone. Yeah. Uh, If you want to see something pop up of what I do every now and then, then yeah, definitely Instagram is the best way uh, to, to connect. Yeah. And what's your, um, what's your Instagram, your name on Instagram? So that's at Martin Rots. So it's M A A R T E N R O T S. Amazing. I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, I didn't actually expect that you would because um, when someone's extremely artistic like yourself, I'm always nervous that maybe I'm a little bit beneath um, the possibility of approaching. You've been wonderful to talk to and so insightful. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Chris. This was a big pleasure and and I'm really happy about it. So no, don't, uh, uh, I think anyone should be uh, approachable and I, I always love it when it's, uh, especially when it is open and, and, and when you can reach, like I, 
well, maybe you know I'm. You, you, you probably <laughs> gonna have to cut this off your uh, of your recording. But I really like it when 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 something is open to a large audience, but it's not yeah. niche. But even though it may seem niche, what I do, if you see it at first sight, because it is quite specific. I'm still just uh, anyone and I like it when it remains open, when people can just approach you. And uh, yeah, if, if I can clarify a little bit what I do and people get a better idea about what I do and why I do it and what it is they're seeing, then all the better. I like that. Well, I, I think it's one of the, the real ironies of um, the world that we're living in with the fact that so many people want to be known and so many people want to be famous or infamous in some way, but also they want to be completely unapproachable and it seems to just completely contradict common sense, <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all go to the toilet every day a couple of times and we all smell, <laughs> <laughs> right? We're just humans. <laughs> uh, I think it's Amazing. nice and we could just keep that as a, as a, as like a, this, that's the starting level where we all are. And uh, if we do it from there, it's better than to just be sitting on a high throne and uh, you're not worthy of knowing about how I do what I do. No, it's just, uh, let's, let's just be open and friendly. It's the best way to deal with each other, I think. Perfect message. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris.